Your band sounds great, but how does it look? No one knows if you're in the dark. Light up your gigs with Chauvet DJ. Chauvet DJ is the brand of affordable and easy-to-use entertainment lighting that can help your band rise above the competition with great-looking and dynamic visual stage looks. From pack-and-go lighting systems that set up and tear down in seconds to Bluetooth-enabled lighting, with the touch of a button or step on a foot pedal, Chauvet DJ has your gig lighting covered. You rock the gig, Chauvet DJ will make sure the crowd sees you do it. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. And that's why my kid can't go back to daycare. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. Man, you got a busy week coming up, don't you? I do. Well, I started last night. I had uh, had a, a duo show at uh, the brewery last night, and then the acoustic karaoke on Friday, and then a band gig on Saturday. Uh, you know, there are people out there who do five and six and even seven gig weeks. I, I'm not one of them usually. This is nope. a three gig week, and that's a lot for me. So that, It, it yeah. feels like a lot. Yeah, it's um, a lot. I don't have any... Uh, I don't have anything going on this week, uh, music-wise. I've got lots of, too many things going on, you know, in my actual real-life world, you know, career. Yeah. So, um, our company launched their latest software offering, and uh, we got pummeled all day today, which is, you know, technically a good thing. And um, they've already... They've already hired somebody to start handling, you know, this new influx of uh, interest, but uh, he wasn't there today. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, it was it was a very long, long day. That is why I'm so grateful to be talking to you guys, uh, and soon enough, uh, see some of your smiling faces because we are going to be doing a uh, an official Atlanta area meetup uh, next Monday on the 27th. Um, we have, I finally found a venue that one, a bar that was open on a Monday. Um, <laughs> that's actually kind of hard to find. Um, so we're doing it at a place called tap and six in Roswell, which is right outside of, uh, where I am and kind of in line with other members of the podcast listening world who, uh, wanted to come. So if you don't have plans, hit us up on the Facebook group. Um, there should be a link to the event that you can come and check out. It'd be nice to meet you. Yeah, it's very cool. I'd love to do one here in the triad. I don't know if we have enough concentration of listeners here. Yeah, uh, I know of two. Well, you y'all could go and get a beer somewhere, and that could we, be enough. Yeah, that, that, would be good. that is a sanctioned meetup. Yeah, there you go. It's official. Yeah, for I, sure. I think you know any any um, unofficial meetups that want to happen out there in the world that claim our name. Well, it's interesting because like we do have these like pretty concentrated pockets of uh, activity. Sure. Um, an unofficial one in the Chicagoland area would be shouldn't be terribly hard. I feel like there's a very large Chicagoland uh, listenership. Um, you know, some friends. You know, we've got some Kiwis and some Canadians and some uh, Englishmen. They may have a uh, harder time finding guys, but that's why you should invite people in your area to listen to the podcast. That's right. Put the word out on the street. You know, we're trying to build a uh, build a community of you know smart people. Yeah, who are you going to meet up leaders. with if there's nobody to meet up with? It's true. That's just physics. Yes. All of this makes perfect sense. It does. So, um, 
do you, do you have any um anything you wanted to get into? I've got one thing I, I definitely want to you know dip my fe- feet into before we get into the meat of the episode. Um, let's dip your feet right into that. Well, what about um what about this Nam thing the kids are talking about? Yes, it is. It has been all over the internet. I mean, musicradar.com has basically like is drowning right now. They're like there there will be no news. They don't have to like touch that website for another like two three months. Sure, because all the news has been uh, done, did, gotten. Oh, totally. Dropped. And the gear the gear page has just been explodey, big time. Explodey. Um, did you see anything in particular that was like, huh? That seems pretty neat. Besides your um your Cortex pre order. Uh um yeah you know what I think the Pod Go is going to be kind of a winner. I think it's um so it's a for anyone who hasn't seen it it's a Line Six. Um, you can think of it like a baby helix, although it's not really a helix. It's got the helix no. effects and, and, um, modeling tech in it, but it's, um, by design much, much, much more limited than a helix and much yes. cheaper and smaller. Um, not as small as the stomp, but, um, um, it's for people who don't want to spend, you know, days and weeks programming. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people who are mad about that particular concept are really missing out because one of the like a, a friend of mine is currently borrowing my helix floor um brandon who uh has subbed for us for a couple of gigs um and and i, I showed him the link to it and he's like i don't know man it feels kind of limited i was like if honestly if there were less options on the helix i'm fairly certain i would be happier <laughs> yeah because yeah. it's it's like analysis paralysis like it there's too be. many for sure and um um as much as I think I want all those options, the reality is I spend 90% of the night in one setup. Yep. Um, I think you have to be more flexible than that on the stomp, yeah? Yeah, I mean, to a, to a certain degree. Um, the stomp kind of, I don't know, it's one of those things where I feel like, I, I've, I almost feel like I sometimes get better sounds out of the stomp because I'm forced to be creative and kind of live in a particular like lane. Right, right. So you just get that lane sounding really good, and then that kind of keeps you from wanting to, you know, get out of the lane. Right. Well, I'm, I think the Podgo is speaking to exactly that that desire. And um, yeah. at four fifty, I think. Yeah. Uh, price point is hard to beat. I think they're going to sell uh, quite a large number of them. Yes. Um, um, I, I had a bunch of people kind of, you know, nudge me in the DMs or like, "Hey, what you think?" Um, and for a lot of them who liked the stomp and liked the helix, but weren't quite sure, um, I think this is going to be a very easy gateway drug into that ecosystem. Totally. And I think line six totally nailed that yep. idea. Yep. Yep. I think so too. Any, uh, anything else? Um, you know, I used to be before helix life. Um, I really was very dialed into what was happening in boutique pedals and I really yep. just have not paid attention to that last couple of years. My eye has come off of that. I I think some cool things happened. Um, Game Changer is that their name? With the like the plasma tube distortion. Yeah. Uh, they they came out with something new that everybody I, I saw some noise about, but I don't even really know what it was. Yeah. Um, but they're all about those those funny, tuby. Yeah, weird, dealy weird physical effect kind of things. Oh, and <laughs> so here's the funny thing: when Fender last year came out with the Acoustasonic Telecaster, I looked at yep. that thing and thought. Man, that's a weird looking guitar. And then the more time I spent looking at it, the more I thought, gosh, it actually is kind of pretty. So this year they came out with the Acoustasonic Stratocaster. Stratocaster. And I took yeah. one look at it and thought, man, what a weird looking guitar. Um <clears throat> I don't think I'll I don't think I'll need one. I think the telly satisfies me for what I yeah, more than likely. needed, but um it does strike me as a very strange looking axe. 
for sure. Um, which I is mean, exactly the feelings I had about the Telecaster. On that camera, oh yeah. So, you know, but you know, these things kind of, you know, they evolve and, and, yeah. and grow on you, you know, five years ago, if you had said, you no one will be using amps. I'd be like, you are out of your head. Right. But, um, man, it's, uh, it's nice on the other side and it's, I'll say this, I've got, a have got a few things that I was really impressed by. Um, first one, not necessarily super, um, guitar-y or geary, but the, um, the SSL, uh, interface looked really tempting. Mm. They released a two channel kind of like, I would say budget. I think it retails for like just south of 300 bucks with, uh, two SSL, ch- uh, SSL channels on it. Um, that's awfully interesting. Um, may have to dig into that to see what uh what else they've got apogee also announced uh the symphony mobile which is like a really small version of their like flagship and i'm very interested in hearing how that sounds um because i i have been looking to upgrade this whole podcast rig and that would be a real schmancy upgrade yeah um and then as far as guitar goes i mean i think i think the the big ones were um honestly a lot of times you you hear a lot of static from these smaller builders but um i think the big dogs really came out to play this year. Uh, both Fender and Gibson uh, came out with really impressive stuff in their, um, their offerings, uh, especially Epiphone and in the Gibson line, they, th- their whole new deal is, is pretty significant. I'm not, I'm not hip. What have they done? Um, they've done a couple of things. They, um, they have redesigned the headstock to look more like the Kalamazoo version from way, way back. Huh. Um, so it's a little less, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but less epiphony. Yeah. Um, but they've also done a couple of things uh, that I, I was not expecting, you know, beyond their normal product lines, which are all incredible. Um, they are doing a limited U.S. run of uh, a few models. So there'll be American-made Epiphones for like the first time in 11 gajillion years. That's cool. Um, and uh, Fender just had a bunch of really neat offerings. They had the HM Strats, for, like the 80-style ones. Uh, that was a cool throwback. Um, and I, honestly, the one that I, I didn't even know existed, I actually I posted it on the Facebook group, was the Jim Atkins Signature Telecaster. Um for those of you who don't know who that is, he's the uh, main singer, guitar player for Jimmy Eat World. Um, and he always had like a really neat signature model. It's a set neck um, mahogany Telecaster with P90s. It's basically like a Les Paul Jr., um, but now it's in white. And uh, I love me a white guitar. I love white. But yeah, there's so so many things. Like we, we could have done a really boring episode and talked about nothing but gear, but those are the things that really jumped out at me. Um, you know, Roland also came out with um, like full size digital drums in acoustic shells. Right, right. I which saw was that. a pretty big deal. I saw that. You know what I saw that's um, I, I it cracked me up last year and it cracked me up again this year and I I enjoyed it. Was the um, Fender was it alternate reality line? Yeah, their what, whole series. Yeah, the um, you know these guitars that never existed but were like uh, could have. You know. Uh, um, I can't come up with a good example now, but well, yeah, I mean, they, they did a new, a new, uh, series of those as well. So they'll do like a strat that has appointments like a Jaguar right. you know, or a jazz master. Right. And they'll do, right. You a know, telly with a, with a, uh, pick guard and pickups, you know, that look like yep. a strat or, um, yeah, a strat with a Bigsby or, you know, strange, yeah, I mean, they're doing, strange things. 
doing all kinds of stuff. I think the big, the ones that people really seem to like are the tellies that are built like Les Pauls. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did issue two new ones. Uh, one of them being like a triple pickup, like a, like a custom. So, uh, you know, they're about three grand. I don't know how many of those they'll actually move, but, uh, yeah, those are always really fun. They're kind of art pieces. They're, um, yeah, they're neat. Yeah, totally big, big fan. Um, so yeah, there was, there was like some drum stuff. And then of course, our friends at Chauvet DJ um, said they'd be coming to us with the new hotness. Um, they uh, they announced the uh, the gig bar move. Gig bar move. Yep, I am sorely tempted. Well, we will definitely. You'll. <laughs> I am fairly certain you'll be hearing. I'll be selling more myself one before the gig bar move yeah. in no time at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Since we're talking about that, why don't we just go ahead and oh, do here we the go. thing? It takes a lot of work to get people to a gig. When they do show up, make sure they can see you. Put your band in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Entertainment lighting that is affordable, reliable, easy to use, and set up and tear down. But most of all, Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that creates better audience experiences at your gigs by adding dynamic visual looks and moods to perfectly suit the music you're playing. Imagine dramatic color changes, dynamic strobes and chases, and even blackouts at the end of songs. All possible with just a step on a foot pedal or the touch of a button on a mobile device using Chauvet DJ's Bluetooth or DMX technology. Being in a cover band is a performing art that uses audio and visual production. So don't rock in the dark. Set your band apart from the competition with professional lighting you can load right into your car along with all your other gear. Small effort, big results. Don't just rock. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. And we're back. Man, that was a great one. It was good. It was good. Of the ones, I don't know. Of the ones that we've done, I think this one might have been the best one. It's hard to to argue with you about that. I think it's right up there. I mean, we've done every single one of those live, and I think we really just nailed this. What's amazing to me is our, our consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one would think that we just, you know, play the same recording over and over again. No way. Well, I, and I have I have a band set up. We yeah, do that. We do the bed live, and everything. The yeah. whole thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crushed done. it. We got it down to an art. We really do. Absolutely. So, let's get into the fun stuff, shall we? Let us. So, like every year, we're we're about to um dive into tax season so um wanted to talk about some things that i have been up to that um we've kind of covered maybe uh a little bit here and a little bit there but um because i kind of did most of this stuff all at once i figured it would be time to talk about officially businessifying your band so um this past month right after uh the turn of the year uh, I filed for an LLC for ATL party bands. Nice. Um, that process, uh, I live in the state of Georgia, process went a little something like this. Um, now, <laughs> most people won't have the same experience that I did, but um, the the gig that Amber did uh, down in Athens with um, with that other band, uh-huh. one of them was a really good friend of mine who is a lawyer in Athens. Um, and, you know, Amber did a great job and, you know, for all intents and purposes, kind of made them look good on their big night out. So he, um, he, he had expressed his, how grateful he was, uh, he was that, you know, she had volunteered and participated. And so I reached out to him that week and said, Hey, you have any thoughts about LLCs? He's like, yeah, um, you should do it. I said, okay. He's like, PayPal me a hundred dollars. 
answer these three things and um, I'll be back to you in about an hour. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, an hour later, I had, uh, had a, a certificate in my inbox that I had filed um, for my LLC. Very nice. And that was that was it. It was a hundred bucks. And and seeing the paperwork, I very easily could have done that. Oh sure. Um, and depending on your state, you, the way it worked for for Georgia is that I needed to fill out a form and submit it to the Secretary of State's office, um, and then they have a you know an official process that they go through, and then you get a digital copy of the um, receipt basically. And in seven to ten business days, you get a an official piece of paper. Um, from both the state and uh, typically the IRS that confirms that you have in fact um, set up an LLC. Yep. Yeah. The process is similar in North Carolina. I haven't done it for band stuff, but I did it for my freelance software work many years ago. Similar, real similar. Um, It's all the same. Did you get a tax ID? I did. There you go. So there's a tax ID that is uh, essentially your, you know, it's it's a federal identifier number, much like your personal social security number. Yes. It identifies the company. Um, yeah, good. And, um, are you, are you up to speed on the reporting requirements, the documentation stuff you'll have to handle as an LLC? Yeah, I did. Um, I do have a, a thing, a form that I have to fill out with another check that I have to, uh, cut in order to get a certificate of existence. Um, there's all kinds of little, they're like, all right, you jumped through this big hoop. Now here's like three or four more tiny hoops to jump through. Well, that and um, the IRS is going to require quarterly statements. Yep. So um, the minute you are incorporated in any form, aside from a, a sole proprietorship, you have to file estimated taxes quarterly. And um, uh, I know this because <laughs> in my freelance business, I did not do that. And it got me in some trouble. So don't not do that. Yeah. For those of you who are doing well actually let's let's assume that we're not doing that. Um you know you're going to need an an efficient method to track your expenses. For sure. Uh, in in my case I'm using a service called uh QuickBooks Self-Employed. They have um a very reasonable service that you pay a yearly fee for. Um and they have an app that you put on your phone. My favorite part of that uh of their setup is that it auto tracks your miles. And then it's just a matter of putting all your uh, banking info in and then swiping left or swiping right for business stuff versus personal stuff. It does all the deductions. It helps you categorize what you're spending your money on. And it also provides you quarterly estimates for your taxes. So you can kind of take care of that. It kind of takes care of all that for you. Um, And then, of course, at the end of the year, when you've got to do... uh, 1099s for uh, your guys. If you're paying them out of a general fund, um, it does all of that work for you as well. I had uh, mentally put a pin in 1099s to come to back to later, but should we talk about that now? I think we might. I, I say we could probably dip into it, and then closer to um, to April, we can do our annual tax stuff. Sure, because you know the the thing, the, the classic thing about bands is. You're out there playing bars and they're sliding you cash at the end of the night and everybody walks away. And then you get to someplace and they have this paper they want you to fill out. And it's like, what? And then they're going to pay you with a check? What? So there's like a paper trail. What? It's a whole thing. Um, Legally, anyone who pays you money for services, once it hits $600, 
has to do the paperwork. Above five ninety nine, if we're being exact. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, five ninety nine oh one. Yeah, I think so. Huh. Well, whatever. Point is, <laughs> at right around there, <laughs> within a dollar of six hundred, um, legally they're supposed to do that uh, that documentation, and then they issue you a ten ninety nine, which basically says to the IRS, this amount of money came out of me to a contractor. And so I should not pay income tax on it. Right. However, they've now reported that income over to you. And so you are now eligible to pay income tax on it. Yay. Yep. And so then because, you know, Adam, you are the band leader, proprietor, owner of the business. They say, Adam Johnson made this much money off of us. And you turn around and say, yeah, well, really, I made a fraction of that. Okay. But the rest of it, I'm 1099ing off to my players who I paid. Correct. And that is how. So that's the, what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's how the tax exposure gets properly distributed through the, you know, whole structure there. So you're basically just passing it on um, to the next person. That's all 1099s are. It's just <laughs> it's passing the tax burden on to the next guy oh, down the line. Passes the tax buck. Indeed. Well, the buck buck. Literally. All the yeah, yeah literal bug. It stops there. It does. Um, so in doing that. I now have, um, you know, an employee identification number and I've got a couple of other things that I, I have now, which means that I, I qualify for some, some new services, things that I can, I can now do. Um, the big thing about having uh, an LLC is that you can actually, you know, have people write proper checks to your band as opposed to, yeah, you can just, uh, you can sign Jimmy, <laughs> send it to Jimmy. Yeah. Uh. He's cool. Yeah. Um, now you can, I can go, make you can have to check out, out to eight, make it out to Skeeter. Yeah. So ATL party bands now, um, has the ability to have checks written to them directly. Um, uh, and in doing so, I set up a corporate, uh, checking account. Mm-hmm. Now I went through a bunch of different options and there are, uh, options aplenty, uh, going through some of the pros and cons, uh, I kept seeing a particular service come up again and again, and it is one called Aslo, A-Z-L-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, it's a, it's a one of those kind of virtual banks, um, FDIC regulated for you Americans, so it's it's legit, but it's, they don't have any physical branches. Um, but they were one of the few uh, corporate accounts that had no annual fees, um, didn't take, you know, their cut out of uh, any payments that were received or taken down. Um, they actually say that I think the first 200 grand are free, um, which I don't feel like I'm in any danger of, uh, of reaching. <laughs> yeah, really. If you get that far, uh, I'll pay it. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth it. But they have really good integration with things like PayPal and um, Square. So you can do all of your, um, you can do all your payments and invoicing through them directly. Uh, deposit checks. Uh, it also gives you a debit card you know, to make incidental purchases and things like that. Um, so that is who I went with. And, um, you know, this week we, we, <laughs> we haven't had anything going on with the band too much other than, um, doing some recording sessions for promo, but, uh, we confirmed like four or five dates this week, uh, going out as far as July. Um, so I was able to use the invoicing system and the online payment system, uh, to, accumulate some dough so 
in the 400 some odd bucks we made in, um, you know, deposits and things like that. Uh, half of it was done normally through like PayPal. The other one was done through the website and everything cleared and, um, it's all on the level. Phil, it's like, it's like a big boy thing, you know, it's a big boy thing. It's a big boy move. I've got a, yeah, I, I've got a big boy business with, um, you know, you can write checks to it. And I've got a corporate card that I have been flashing at everybody who gives half a crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> check this out. It's look, got my bank. That's really cool. I was, on it. I was not aware of any virtual banks that did business banking. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, sort of know your customer regulation around that that is mm-hmm. um, not – doesn't lend itself well to virtual banking. But that's it's cool to, to know that there is such a thing. That's great. Yeah. I mean it, there's a bit of a niche. But I had – plenty of options. You know, I could have gone okay. with like, you know, your Chase's or your Bank of America's, but they all had pretty stringent requirements and monthly fees. And, um, you know, I, it just didn't make sense for me to, you know, be spending money sure. on a service that I wasn't using. Sure. Day yeah. Day I mean, out. I last looked at it two years ago when I did it for the Lincolns. Um, I will say I did, I did all that same stuff. You can, you can also get a bank account in your band's name, uh, without, formally incorporating by registering a DBA and a DBA in case you don't know stands for doing business as. And so I registered Dan Ray sole proprietorship DBA, the clanky Lincolns and also um, clanky endeavors. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a umbrella thing that I can put a lot of stuff under. Um, But that, that was all I needed. That documentation was all I needed to have a bank be willing to open a business account in the name of the clanky Lincolns. So now I can accept checks. Yeah, uh, uh, made out to the Clinky Lincolns, which is you know big boy move. It's better than having, you know, having them write a check to Skeeter. Sure, um, and you know there's there's a number of ways that you can set this up. Right now, ATL Party Bands is the LLC that things are operating under. Um, but if any of the particular brands kind of break out, I will more than likely um, incorporate them as well. Sure, and then it's still a matter of kind of like where the, moving the tax burden around. So you know if a if the if members only got booked, then, you know, um, HL party bands would take their 10%, uh, as the booking agent. And then, um, you know, on down the line, people would get paid and kind of, you know, the money would get distributed around. So, um, that's kind of a bit down the road. That's one of those, like people, oh, well, what if this happens? It's like a problem you, you want to have when you're, you're, you know, your businesses are doing so well, you've got to, you know, set them up properly. Yeah. I'm making enough money. I can hire someone to sort that out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we did that and that's all working well. The, uh, the next thing that I had to do, um, is I had to set up my, um, the Google account for the agency. So for those of you who don't know that if you, um, if you want to have, um, your, uh, your business represented on Google, uh, you actually have to go through a bit of a process. Um, and it's, it's a very, in my opinion, kind of antiquated authentication, (laughs) deal. But what you do is you go into, um, you set up a business account on, uh, with your, whatever Gmail account you're using. Um, and then you have to, uh, request verification from Google in order to, you know, get things like reviews and and that kind of stuff. Uh, and in order to verify that they actually mail you a postcard. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yes. In the snail mail. Yeah. The mailman brings it. Yeah. Which again, very interesting way to uh, to do things, um, and you. I think you're not allowed to send them to PO boxes. They actually make you send them to like an actual physical address. Right. Um, 
And then it that contained a uh, a five digit verification code that I then had to go onto the website and enter in in order to get approved. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in kind of like a limbo state while they do further verification um, before it actually shows up as an option. But you know, for for you for guys who are trying to you know raise their awareness level um, and you know increase your search optimabil- optimization optimabil anyway optimability yeah optimabilitism. Um, you can start soliciting things like ratings and um, just kind of raise your local profile. So, oh, that's good. You should definitely try and do that kind of stuff. Go do that. Those are ways of officially making yourself more official beyond just, you know, an email address and a Facebook page. Sure. So now all that's left is to uh, make more money to <laughs> justify yeah. all the outlet. Now, I'll say that I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, for those of you who don't have physical merch stores, uh, we've been using Threadless, and they periodically just go, hey, we just added like 10 more things that you can put slap your logo onto. Um, this week, they um, they did buttons and stickers. Nice. And so I just took a, I took one of the, the links that they sent for our MTV logo stickers and posted it on our Facebook page, and um, we had quite a few bites. I made like $10 <laughs> on stickers. Very cool. Which feels like a lot. Very cool. Uh, and I, it didn't cost me anything other than my time. So that's great. if you're not really in the mood to have physical copies, I mean, that stuff isn't super expensive. And I will more than likely, if these do well, um, I'll probably, you know, get some physical ones made so we can hand them out at shows and that kind of thing. Maybe hitting up Bob's Angry Pins. Good old Bob. To get the, get the I, real deal. I'll tell you, I have... Um, I almost always have stickers of whatever brand I'm playing under at any given night. And uh, my wife, who is a long-suffering... My wife. My wife is my wife. She is... um, It's her word, not mine. Her term. She refers to herself as the sticker bitch. And uh, she goes around putting stickers on people. All right. Because she's very... She's like an extrovert, never met a stranger, friendly kind of person. Yeah, that sounds terrifying it, you know she's good at it she's really good at it she's very very helpful for my general career she's put stickers on a lot of people who then you know turned up on my mailing list or liking me on facebook or yeah you know because they get home with my sticker on their shirt and they have to deal with that or else it gets glued under their shirt in the wash um i mean that that is a method it's a threat it's actually a threat yeah so Get some merch. Good to have some official. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of, we're still we're doing um, pay what you want for the Cold Iron Ray shirts as well. Oh, okay. And I didn't. I wasn't aware that you were doing merch for for that project just yet. But that's great. Well, it's easy. It's easy to do. I got the I got the heat press and um, I ordered some transfers and just a handful of shirts, just as a proof of concept. Um, did thirty five bucks on them last night. Nice. So not bad in two sales. Have you? Um, are you solvent on the t shirt operation? The um all right so um Cold Iron Ray still owes me money for the t-shirts. Uh the Clanky Lincolns um got just past break even and uh realized we're all out of large and extra large and the requests I've had for double X were unfulfillable. And so yeah. I went back to the well and I bought some bought a second round of uh sort of well with this is episode is big 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 boy moves. Yeah. I needed some big boy shirts. There you and go. So we did that. So we're back in the hole, uh, but uh, I trust we'll dig out. Yeah. Uh, big boy moves. 
it's it's a real thing. I was, speaking of which, you know, we've got we've got our uh, our pod membership uh, coming upon us sometime in March. That we'll have to. Um, That's true. <laughs> maybe have to do like a GoFundMe to, to pony up for that. Yes, yes. the The hosting of the podcast is. Um, uh, how did we do it last time? Were those like some discount thing? What? Yeah, it was like a get this super mega deal for this. Hopefully, they'll offer us a slightly better super mega deal, or maybe it doesn't have to be quite as good. But it sure would be nice if it wasn't what they quoted me the full the full <laughs> price. Yeah, and it was it was like get this super mega deal, and then don't think about it for a year. And we were like, okay, because it did. It immediately solved like multiple problems. <laughs> it did, and now we're locked in. Yeah, it's time to pay the piper. Yeah, well. So if you want to uh, join our... Uh, our bake sale? Bake sale. Our bake sale that we're holding over at Patreon. Yes, please join that. And uh, that'll be helpful. And we are, you know, for those of you who are considering supporting us, we do have a couple of uh, of patrons that we definitely appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, we may be thinking of some more unique um, options to kind of increase engagement and make it you know more worth people's while to throw us a couple of bucks every now and then um but yeah otherwise we don't necessarily need your money we have been quite happy happy doing all of this for free um we are getting really good numbers coming back uh we're about to cross over 800 in the facebook group um we're approaching 2000 uh followers on instagram uh and you know we 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 had a bit of an uptick the past couple of couple weeks it's been pretty exciting yeah and then with the uh the meetup coming up next week you know we're just looking to uh continue to spread the good word all around and um if if you have any sort of feedback uh if this kind of information kind of the nuts and bolts business stuff is uh more up your alley let us know hit us up either on uh, facebook or uh coverbandconfidential at gmail.com or on the all new www.coverbandconfidential.com uh, we'd sure love to hear from you. Got anything else? That's it for me. Kind of a tidy one this week. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, well, we meandered pretty hard last week. That's true. <laughs> we were like, man, this thing's, this thing's closing in an hour. Let's, yeah. let's wrap it up. Yeah, that's right. So we just, we just borrow a few minutes worth of whatever from last week. Yes. Yeah. You can, you can listen to the back to back and have, you know, a relatively yeah. useful conversation. Out. And man, we got something super exciting that um, we are currently working on uh, that I can't wait to announce. Um, but yeah, something cool happened this week, and uh, I told Dan, and we were both pretty amazed. Mm-hmm. And it, it is definitely happening. So cool stuff on the horizon. Thanks again for your continued support. From Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 85. Have a great week.